Now, back to InfoTrack. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Would you like to be wealthy without effort? Our next guest has written a book about that. He's Tom Corley, author of Effortless Wealth, Smart Money Habits at Every Stage of Your Life. You described four ways to become wealthy. Uh, Three of them require quite a bit of effort, but one does not. Can you walk us through those four paths to wealth? Sure. So this is probably one of the most profound discoveries that I made in my research, and that's that there's actually four ways you can become wealthy, which is good news. The first path is the saver investor path. The second path is the big company climber path. The third path is what I call the virtuoso path. And then the fourth path is the dreamer slash entrepreneur path. And the saver investor path is really the simplest path. It's the easiest path to wealth because you don't need any particular set of skills, any advanced degrees. You just need to save 20% or more of your income and consistently and prudently invest those savings. The big company climber path, that's a little bit harder because you need a certain knowledge base, some skills. You probably do need some advanced degrees, maybe at least college for sure. And you have to be able to handle the politics of you know, a big company because this is where they get most of their money, either from stock compensation or from a share of profits when you rise up the ladder. The virtuoso is a hard path because you have to typically get some advanced degrees or you have to practice your skills. You have to develop mad skills, like the type of skills that make you the best at what you do in your industry. And then the entrepreneur path, that's the hardest path because, Chris, it requires an enormous amount of ability to handle stress. The ups and downs, the roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneur is very stressful. You have to be on an even keel. You have to have your emotions under control and you have to be willing to take risks. And so that's a particular personality type that fits into that mold. Tom, you talk about life being a series of stages and the money mistakes you make in one stage can have a ripple effect through your life. Could you talk about that? Yeah, sure, Chris. So there's all sorts of stages. There's the stage when you leave the nest, when you're on your own and you're learning to deal with auto insurance, homeowners insurance, renters insurance, and health insurance. You know, that's a big one. And then there's, of course, you move on to maybe you you have a significant other and you're thinking about getting married, getting your first home. And then you move on from there where you start actually growing your family and you want to put down roots in the neighborhood. So where do you move? Now you're starting to have other costs associated with your life because you want to find a good school system for your kids if you're going to have a family. And then your career, managing your career and then also saving for your kids for college and for other expenses that pop up. And then ultimately just building retirement money for you know that retirement stage and then living in retirement, how to spend your money. If you know what to look for, then at least you can have a blueprint for each stage. And if you're able to follow the blueprint at each stage, it tees you up for success. The problem, Chris, is when you mess up in one or two stages, well, put you behind the eight ball, so to speak, and then you're playing catch up. We're talking with Tom Corley, author of Effortless Wealth, Smart Money Habits at Every Stage of Your Life. Tom, even with great planning and making the right choices, there can be financial crisis situations that occur, such as with many small businesses during the uh, pandemic. What do you do in those situations? 
Well, obviously, if you're a saver investor, I talk about the bucket strategy. There's different buckets. One of the buckets that you want to put at least 3%, maybe 3 to 5% of your income away in is these expenses that come out of nowhere. They're caused by a job loss. They're caused by maybe a downturn in the economy. And, you know, maybe you get a pay cut, maybe you freeze your wages. I've gone through that myself. I know what it's like. When you're raising a family, it's very difficult. So if you have this safety net, the other thing you need to do is to pivot during these downturns. And sometimes these downturns create opportunities. I know a few of the individuals in my study during the 2008-2009 recession, they were able to pivot and they might have been temporarily out of a job, but because they were able to pivot and develop certain new skills or reach out to certain relationships that they hadn't talked to in a while, they were able to get themselves back on track. So that's why building relationships is a rich habit. You want to really forge relationships with people who are influencers because you never know when you're going to need them. When you're out of a job, I found in my study that it's a good opportunity to network. And the best networking I've seen the millionaires do is they join these charities. They eventually become members of the board. So if you're uh, out of a job, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to join a local community-based nonprofit because guess who's on the boards of those nonprofits? They're predominantly the successful people in the community and those successful people can open up doors for you. You say following the lessons in your book, you will catapult yourself to the top 5% of individuals who never have to worry about having enough money. What is the net wealth of the top 5%? According to the IRS, because they have the best data on this, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 275000 in gross income. Believe it or not, 275000 puts you in the top 5%. Now, of course, there is fluctuations in that because some people have big years and then they go back to normal. I see that with some of the millionaires in my study where they get a windfall because of restricted stock units or stock appreciation rights or stock options or stock grants. But my point is that to get to the top 5%, you don't have to necessarily be a big company climber. You can save your way to that top 5%. And then those savings, particularly, Chris, in the last 10 years of your working career, that's where you're going to see your investments double, maybe even increase by 150% because of the power of compounding. All the work you did up until that point now starts to produce the fruits of your savings and your investment labors. And you'll see that that money really starts to grow towards the end. Tom, if you could suggest one strategy for older Americans, seniors perhaps, to uh, start getting in better shape financially, what would that be? I think you have to really get a handle on your expenses, what your typical spending should be for different items like households should be under 30%, your cars should be no more than 5% of whatever your net monthly pay is. So you obviously want to reduce your spending as much as you can when you get older and also stay in the market because people are living longer, Chris. The longevity now for males is somewhere around 87 and women is like 88, 89. So if you're going to live that long and you pull yourself out of the market when you're 65, you're missing a large 
time frame where your investments could grow. Now, of course, your investments are subject to risk. They can go up or down. So you have to really be prudent about it. That means either doing some homework, taking calculated risks, or having some advisors that can help guide you along the way. The book is Effortless Wealth, Smart Money Habits at Every Stage of Your Life, and the author, Tom Corley. Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for having me on. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.